Hi there, Blake here with another bonus episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast. Escalon provides accounting and business services to over 3,000 companies. They have 800 employees worldwide and have been operating for 16 years, but you've probably never heard of them. That's because they're not a CPA firm, so they don't show up on the traditional rankings. In this interview recorded at the 2021 Sweet World Conference, David and I chat with Anurag Paul, CEO of Escalon. Keep on listening to learn how Anurag has grown his team to become one of the top NetSuite accounting partners in the world. Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. And we are live at Sweet World. Sweet World. This is our last interview, I think. But it's exciting, Blake, because we actually have an accounting firm. What? To interview. Like, it's our people. (laughs) Our people are here. Are here. So we have the CEO of Escalon, Anurag Paul. He is joining us. And we're going to learn about his firm. Ask why he's even here at NetSuite. Because, like, a lot of our friends are the QuickBooks and Zero people. So... Let's understand this. So a little bit, where does Escalon, like what's your firm, what's your clients, how big are you? Sure. I think I can probably start with the origin story. That'll probably give you a lot of color and context as to why I'm here. So Escalon has been around for 16 years. I started the company with another co-founder. Both of us have very similar backgrounds. And Escalon comes out of our personal journey. Neither of us is an accountant. Both of us are the engineer MBA types, run of the mill, worked in Fortune 50 then decided we didn't want to work for big companies anymore and have been serial entrepreneurs since for the second half of our careers. And every time we were serial entrepreneurs, we kind of struggled with everything that was non-core, yet essential to running a company. Things that seemed to happen as if by magic when we were at large companies, we always struggled with. So everything in the back office. So we basically started Escalon to set up a one-stop shop solution for everything non-core, yet essential for any small company whether it's a VC-funded startup or an owner-operated small business, some of the needs are very similar. And our vision was to set up this company that would do all of that non-coded essential stuff. And what we've done over the last 16 years is create a category out of this uh, space, and we call it essential business services, made up of three main service lines, financial operations, people operations, and risk. And financial operations, we provide end-to-end finance and accounting solutions. Everything from the CFO on down to transactional accounting, plus all tax and all compliance. People operations, we help companies manage their workforce. So end-to-end solutions in recruiting, HR, payroll, benefits. And then risk is all other insurance a company might need. So as part of the firm, we have an in-house insurance brokerage, licensed in all 50 states, all lines of coverage. So these three things come together to give companies this paperless, seamless, audit-ready back office function that kind of scales with companies. We serve companies zero to 1,000 employees. We have over 3,000 customers, about 800 employees worldwide. Uh, We have offices all over the U.S. We're headquartered in Palo Alto, California, and we have a European operation as well as an Indian operation. So you said zero to 1,000 employees. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure these small companies, no matter what size you are, you want your back office done. Mm-hmm. Like I get, like your 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 one stop shop back office. That's, see that's our tagline. What's attractive line. about and, and you? And done. And done. So I see what's attractive about you, but obviously you can't put all those people on Netsuite immediately. Like, what do you do? Like, what's your path? How do you migrate people? Like, how yeah. do you even support that in your company? I'm sure you have to use multiple accounting systems. Like, how do you do this? Yeah. So David, great question. We have we've given how long we've been around and the number of customers we have. We have one of everything. 
and we've never led with technology. So we practically have every accounting system known to humankind at this point <laughs> in, our, uh, in our midst. With the new program that NetSuite has launched, especially on the BPO side and especially with us, we have a very specific program with them. We can actually, it makes sense for companies to off the ground from day one to start with NetSuite. Really? Yeah. Uh. Just from, because every company has ambition. If you don't, you shouldn't do, you shouldn't start a company. And if you have ambition and you want to grow and you want to scale and you will have multiple entities and eventually you'll want to go out, and especially if you've taken other people's money and then you have that burden of growth, you will need a NetSuite-like solution eventually. With the program that we now have in place, it makes a lot more sense from a fiscal standpoint to do that from day one versus down the road. So I am a startup founder and I have received... I mean, I guess I'm about to go out and raise like a series A or even before that, uh -huh. I engage with you, get set up on NetSuite. I've got everything on there. Day one. So how do you, I guess, is this something that is available to all accounting partners or is this just something that is unique to Escalon? I think it's unique to us. And I think it's the program we have in place where we can combine what we do as a service for them, coupled with the solution that we bring to bear, that it makes sense from day one to do it this way. How did your relationship with NetSuite start? It's interesting. The second customer we ever had 16 years ago was a fairly large size company that was switching from QuickBooks desktop to NetSuite. So the second customer we ever had was a NetSuite customer. So we quickly got trained up on how to use NetSuite, how to do the, you know, the BPO or the accounting function for them in NetSuite. And over time, as this program was launched, this BPO program, and we found out about Mike coolish and his team, we basically adopted it. And it made a lot of sense, especially in the initial days, it made sense for companies a certain size as they were graduating into NetSuite. The new variation of the program, it makes sense, as I said, from day one. So as you grew your firm, built processes around your own firm itself, NetSuite was always a part of your growth mm -hmm. versus we, we, there's a lot of accounts and bookkeepers, they've built these practices on other packages. And now they have customers that need something like NetSuite. And they don't have training, they don't have employees. It's, they're in a little bit of a dilemma. Like, what do they do with those clients or how do they, you know, what to do with them? But because you got, you got lucky, right? We did. You got NetSuite way, on day one. Yeah. I mean, we've known Evan from a long, very long time. He said 16 years ago. So yeah, this is a so, pretty early version. Yeah. So we, we have, we've known NetSuite from kind of very early stages and very, very early days. But you're right. We did get lucky. But what we've shown, and this comes from our background, is we've always imagined what the customer needs and what they really want as a solution, and then use technology as a vehicle to that end, not technology be the solution itself. So we've always been very adaptable as new things have come to the market. And do you work with other accountants and bookkeepers if they're, they have clients that are stuck, right? They, mm -hmm. They've hit a growth curve or, or they, they have a data problem or, you know, the springs are popping out of QuickBooks. And do you partner and work with them or do you just kind of like hey, hand us the client and we'll take them from here? Like how, how does that process work? The BPO program, unfortunately, doesn't really work well by going in somewhere and, you know, changing systems or doing a system implementation. You're better off using an SI in that regard and using or, or a person who's just focused on the technology part of it. What we do is the entire solution. So in that regard, it probably makes sense for us to just take over the client, especially if it's going to be served in a BPO kind of uh, way. So what's your ideal client? The one who pays on time. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're doing the books, that's, I always, I always loved when I had my firm, 
I did the accounts payable. Yeah, I know. Because I could pay myself. I just. <laughs> no, it's true. What is uh, an example? Like, what kind of clients are you getting? And I think this could be illustrative for our audience because, sure. you know, what's the difference between somebody who needs BPO on NetSuite versus QuickBooks? I mean, you already said yeah. that it, you can do it from day one now, but yeah. I imagine you must be working with. So I'll give you two ends of the spectrum. You could have a, a, a startup that is from day one multi-geography. You know, the founding team is in a different geography. The sales is focused on a different geography or they have people in, you know, three different geographies to begin with, which is very common these days. They raise a round of funding. To them, it makes sense to be on NetSuite day one because they want to have a unified worldwide view of what their books look like. And given this new program, it's fiscally easy and, and responsible to do it that way from day one. On the other side, you could have an owner-operated business that just started up. Maybe NetSuite is overkill in the first go around and they don't need NetSuite just yet. But even there, if price is out of the equation and they have ambitions to grow and scale, and at some point they'll outgrow whatever other system you put them on, then if it makes sense from a fiscal standpoint, do that day one is what we would recommend. Kinds of customers we are getting, we get a lot of customers who have VC money from day one. And we get a lot of customers who come to us because APE firm just invested in them and they need to figure out a variableized cost structure in this area. We do get through, because we have a lot of customers in different sectors through referrals and people who've worked with us before, other, other companies in the same sector. And that's where we get a lot of our owner-operated businesses from. It's interesting, the, that's one of my observations at Sweet World here is, I think in general for us coming from our background, the accountant or bookkeeper would dictate to the small business what accounting solution they're going to use. And it feels like in this world, the VCs and private equity companies demand that people use NetSuite. <laughs> they're Actually, they don't, they don't really. They let us make the call. They still vote you, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. So th what they will tell you, unless maybe at a CDC, they might give you that, that you know, guidance. If you're going to go out, if you're going to the market, if you're going to the street, you have to get to NetSuite. You can't go IPO on QuickBooks. Maybe you can. I haven't seen it done yet. <laughs> I think Uber, Uber got the farthest. Right, they they were they were maxing out the yeah, database. Yeah, I think they were. Yeah, you can't. You can't. It's not possible. Yeah. So even even these days, they let the professional CFO kind of make the call on on things like that. And then, how do you uh, charge your clients? Is it fixed fee monthly? Are you value pricing? Is like if because I'm, I'm assuming some of these clients are getting our VC back. Are you taking open to go on IPO? Are you getting equity in these companies? No, so like, we don't do a, a equity at all. So what we the the way we price is on the financial operations side, we try to do a fixed fee, uh, fee per month based on scope of service, and that scope of service is based on you know the stage you're at, the number of transactions, what kind of strategic resource help you need. How much of a CFO's involvement would you need, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it's basically fixed fee. So you have predictability in what you're paying. People operations, we have different, you know, levels of service and standard per employee per month pricing. So it scales as, as the headcount grows. And then risk is we don't charge anything since the carriers pay us. And tell me about your firm, your employees. How many employees do you have? Are they all accountants? Do you have some bookkeepers? Do you have engineers? Are you starting to tiptoe into those waters? Yeah. Or an accounting firm with engineers? Yeah. Worldwide, we're over the 800 employee mark now. I would say 60% of our company are accountants, trained accountants. We have a over 100% tech team now. Because a lot of this this distributed, like if you're serving 3,000 customers with 800 employees, just managing that work requires a lot of internal technology that we have to deploy and how that is presented and externalized to customers and the way they consume it. We're trying to take a stab at that as well. So you said you've got one of everything. 
but you have favorites too. And yes. obviously NetSuite is a favorite. Yes. What can you tell me about your technology stack, your idealized stack you know, when, you, when you're setting up a new customer, if you have that opportunity? Yeah. It, it, so let's take a standard customer who has OPM, other people's money. It'll probably be NetSuite, Bill.com, Expensify, Carta, and either Brex or Divi or one of those platforms for, you know, the card function. So you just, you have the manuals in place just to roll all that out probably very, very quickly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we have, so for some of these companies, we are like the largest resellers in the country. So we have, you know, dedicated lines of support, dedicated ways of doing it, dedicated ways of rolling it out, pretty much out of the box. How do you acquire, well, I think you mentioned this, refresh my memory though, how do you acquire your customers? So we have a sales team and we have three different sales motions. We have our referral sales motion. At the end of the day, this is still in certain segments, very much a referral-based ecosystem. So we have the right referral partners, we have the right ecosystems in the right geographies. We build those systems and basically feed our partners and they feed us. And one of our key values as a company is fostering entrepreneurship. So wherever we find these entrepreneurial ecosystems, we thrive in them. The second is, you know, inbound, outbound marketing, the standard hand-to-hand combat stuff, you know, SEO, SEM, feet on the street, inside sales, leading to outside sales. And then because we do a lot of different things, our third sales motion is cross-sell, upsell, maximizing wallet share within our existing customers. So you do a lot of the same things that an accounting firm does, but you're not an accounting firm. No. Neither you or your partner, you have one other, one partner? That's the main partner. We have, yeah, we have a full-fledged management team, but right. two of us are the co-founders. But it's not a CPA firm. It's nope. not a, it's not a CPA none of firm. your accountants. But with, did you say 800 staff around the world? I mean, that would put you up against many top 100 accounting firms, right? In terms of size of staff and yep. probably revenue too, I imagine. Yeah. So because we've been entrepreneurs and we sat on the other side of the table, we've always imagined what would they need versus I am this and I do this. We are like, I am a customer. This is what I need. And we've tried to envision the service based on that. So what advice do you have for uh, the accounting profession? Automate wherever possible. If you don't, somebody else will on your behalf. Uh, Move up the chain. Make sure you're providing the right strategic advice and figure out the right verticals to go after. If you're going into the strategic advice game, it's not the same advice across verticals, especially if you're, if you're, if you're doing the CFO-ish function mm-hmm. versus being a tax planner. If you're doing the CFO function, then you do need to have some levels of specialization in whatever segment it is. So figure out those segments, figure out how to be the CFOs in those segments because a lot of the stuff underneath that will be automated here eventually. So are you doing CFO-type advising as well in your firm? Yeah. That's part of that stack. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I love how clearly on your website and when you speak about it, you know, how clear it is what you do, right? You said there's three areas. There's FinOps, PeopleOps, and Risk. Marketing team is listening to me, it looks like. (laughs) (laughs) And Risk is is you are selling insurance through carriers. Yes. We're just acting as a broker. Broker, right, right. And, And the reason we do that is from a completeness of solution perspective. This is because these are the three areas we think are key kind of in the back office that people need. Did you have any more, David? Oh, I thought of one more question. Recruiting, talent. It's like the big challenge Mm -hmm. in our profession right now. Where are you finding these CFOs? (laughs) Because that's the big challenge for folks who want to move into advisory. It's a full-time thing for us. We're always looking for CFOs and we have a, a methodology. We're trying 
what we bring to the table, what we bring to the table for these people is unique from a value pers- you know, proposition. Uh, a lot of people don't want to work for just one company. They like the challenge of working for many different companies. They want to set their own hours. They want to have the flexibility. They want to make good money, but they don't want to kill themselves doing it. And we bring all of that to bear. And do they come to you from industry positions? Do they? Most of them. Most of them? Yeah. A lot of them have had consulting, you know. Mm-hmm. This is one function CFOs have always been consulting. Even when they have full-time gigs somewhere, they're always helping their friend, their neighbor, this company, that company. So a lot of them do have that consulting DNA. But people who've done that consulting really helps in managing multiple clients. And then on the accounting side, where do you look for accountants? Like entry level? I assume you're hiring folks in the U.S. for that? Or We're is hiring it? folks all across the world. Yeah. So we find place the same places everywhere else. And now recruiting is one of the functions we offer as a service as part of our people ops function. So we kind of have turned that into... The thing that sets us apart from a lot of other companies is we think of everything as a process. And we've broken recruiting down into a process and figured out what is the most effective way of recruiting for every kind of position, every kind of market. So if I'm one of your clients and I'm growing and I now need an in-house something or other, we can help you hire that and we can do it at a fixed price, unlike a retained search, which is very, very cost effective. Yeah, nobody likes recruiters for that reason. Too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> nobody likes people who, you, you, who where the outcome is uncertain as well as the price point. Right, right. Oh. Yeah, so there's two variables. I think that's not good. Yeah, how people can find me, David, to your question, the website is the best way to find us. So just go to our website, uh, www.escalon.services. And that's uh, spelled E-S-C-A-L-O-N. And services is just like it sounds, S-E-R-V-I-C-E-S. And you can find us there and somebody will be in touch with you right away. Anurag, thank you so much for your time today. This was really enlightening. Thank you for having me. Thank you. 